Hello, and welcome to the New Beginnings Discipleship Ministry Podcast. Here, we share the Word of God for all people to understand that they are born on purpose, for a purpose, and with purpose. A desire is for everyone to not just know what their purpose is, but to live it out. We believe we are designed to live out a kingdom lifestyle that aligns to the kingdom of God and the word of God. Now go ahead and grab something to write with, make room wherever you are at, and prepare your heart, mind, and soul for another amazing word from God. Here we go. Hallelujah. So we've all been through some things, but I'm here to let you know that there is pain in your purpose. Hallelujah. There is pain in your purpose. But the amazing thing about it is that your purpose, your story, the things that you've gone through, the things that you've endured, the things that you've conquered, the things that you've overcome, hallelujah, are not only for you, but you will have the answer. You will have the recipe. You will have exactly what somebody else needs in order to be able to make it through whatever it is you're going through. Hallelujah. Two people caught that, so I'm going to preach to those who understand today. Hallelujah. So we're going to continue on talking about being mantled for more. We're going to rest here for a minute, y'all. Y'all not going to hear the other preachers for a little bit, and it's going to be okay. Say it with me. It's all right. Pastor's going to preach. Apostle's going to preach. The prophet's going to preach. The evangelist in me going to preach. And just say, I'm all right. Hallelujah. Give the Lord some praise. Amen. I know you guys are used to us round robining, and that is a great thing because it allows me to receive and to also check the fruit of what's sitting in the house. See, y'all should have got excited right there because it lets me know what's going on if people are understanding what's being taught every Thursday during Bible study. So that way you're not going to get out there And somebody catch you up because you can't explain what you just told them is right and that it's in the word. So by being able to have them to come up here and to preach, what it does, it honestly checks their fruit. Amen. And so we got to be good fruit inspectors in all that we do because there's so much out there that's incorrect. And I'm going to talk about that today because today I'm, I'm talking to leadership. Every person in here is leading in some way, shape or form. I don't care who you are. I don't care how young or how mature you are. But you are leading someone somehow, somewhere. They are watching everything that you do. And then they are replicating what you are putting out. So I ask you today to start checking the seeds that you've sown. See what you're seeing come out of the people who are closest to you. Because that's going to determine what you've really been sowing and what you've really been paying attention to and applying So we're mantled for more. And I want us to say it together for those who don't know it. This is our mantra, amen, but it's more than a mantra. We believe it and we live it, amen. Say it with me. I was born on purpose, for a purpose, and with purpose. Say it again like you mean it. I was born on purpose, for a purpose, and with purpose. Now shout if you know that God has given you that purpose. Glory to your name, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So it's really interesting that as I've been working on this um, study, that this, this lethargy, for if you will, this lethargicness is just like hovering and I don't understand this. And what I think is happening and what I believe is happening is that the enemy is trying to make people too tired to hear the message. How many of us feel tired right now? Yeah, there, there's this heaviness that's resting. So we're going to break this thing, y'all. See, that's what I'm talking about. I love Charlie. Charlie going to make you preach, amen? Because Charlie going to shout out in the middle of your service. Cool. Every single time. Thank you. I love you too, Charlie. Hey, but I'm I'm here to tell y'all, if he tells you I push people down, it is not true. Just know that. Amen. I do not push people down. I literally just went through that. I was at a service and the person asked if they could pray for me. And when they were praying for me, 
she was first she was pushing my hands back and so I was doing like this letting my arms go back because I'm like you're not pushing me down if I'm gonna go down it's gonna be because of the the presence of God and the power of God that has overtaken me and laid me out first of all I pay too much for my clothes for that so we ain't even going there amen I'm not gonna be all around on the ground just knocking stuff down breaking stuff hurting stuff one time and I had to tell y'all this and then I'm gonna get to the sermon I promise you one time we were at a service so the person who was there that was uh, delivering the word was an evangelist. Uh, she was an apostle and she was anointed. And there were several of us who were in the pulpit and we were, you know, just up there. You know how they make you sit up there in the, the big chairs. And I, I don't like that. I never have liked that. I appreciate that they want to honor us. However, I need to be receiving if I'm not the one giving. Come on, can I get a witness on today? So what ended up happening is Angie comes up for prayer. And the woman of God is getting ready to pray for her. All of a sudden, this person gets up. And I'm not joking you. She was a larger person. And she got up. And there were stairs that were in the pulpit that you had to come down in order to get, like, right there to where the um, pews were, where Angie was standing. So the woman of God is praying for her. And Angie's, she's hopping around. And she's crying and everything. And all of a sudden, the lady who was sitting back here by me got up and said, I've been waiting for you all night long. And she starts coming like a football player. I'm not joking you. She came out of, and it was slow motion. It really wasn't like boom, boom, boom. And she comes out of the pulpit down them stairs at full force. I promise you every bit of 400 pounds, full force, and walks up to Angie and says, ah, and hits Angie in the stomach. Angie knocks the pews over, and she's on the ground. Angie's literally on the ground, you guys, and I'm like, wow, that was a lot of power. And Angie's laying there holding her back, and she's <laughs> Stephanie, Stephanie, I'm hurt. <laughs> and she's rocking back and forth, and she's like, no, for real, there's an egg on my back. <laughs> so for me, when I lay hands on people, you'll notice that I usually hold their ears, and it's very gentle for that reason, because I never want anyone to be pushed down, slapped down, tripped. That, that's not the power of God, right? That's not the power of God. We come in word and in power, because that is who our God is. That is what he has given us, and that is the church that we are. We are the example for the rest of the world, and so if we're going to be that, we got to live it out. Amen? Come on, give them some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel that thing breaking up already. Hallelujah. Come on, can we lift our voices? Those who have a prayer language, hallelujah, hallelujah. Angie, you better stop it. I see you over there. I see you over there. Come on, if you got a prayer language, begin to lift your voices for me. Come on, hallelujah. Come on, let's charge the atmosphere and break this thing. If you don't have a prayer language, you can say Jesus, hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come before you today lifting your name on high. Lord, there truly is none like you. And we thank you, Father, for this day. For this is the day that you have made. We are going to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for sitting high and looking low. Come on, keep pressing. Don't give in. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father, for who you are in our lives, Lord God. I thank you, Father, for being all that we need and more, for making a way out of no way, for ensuring, Lord God, that we have everything that we need prior to us going into the battle in Jesus' name. So, Lord God, as we approach this battle on today, Lord, there is something trying to wait and be heavy in the house. We bind it right now in the name of Jesus. We break its power. We break its authority in the name of Jesus. We declare and decree the blood covers every person who is in here. From the top of our heads to the soles of our feet in Jesus' name. This building is dedicated to you and for your purpose and for your work, oh God. So we thank you, Lord, for all that you are doing in our lives. 
And in Jesus' name, Lord God, I pray that you would open the ears of each and every person who is under the sound of my voice. And in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would break open the seal of their understanding. Lord God, that they would recognize your voice, that they would get revelation from your word and know who you are in a greater way. Father, let no one come in here and leave the same way that they walked in the door. But Father, I declare and I decree transformation over their lives in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, for teaching us how to push, how to pray until something happens, how to prophesy over those things in our lives that are not going in the direction in which we are looking for them to go. So, Lord God, I thank you that you are opening our hearts and our minds to the supernatural. That we're not spooky, Lord, but we are supernatural. You have placed super on our natural. Why? Because greater is he who lives within us than he that is in this world. So stir up the anointing. Loose it, Lord God. Let your glory fill this place. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, give them the highest praise. Hallelujah. And amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're going to continue on with part one of being mantled for more because I didn't finish it. We covered a lot of ground on last week, y'all. A lot of ground. And just, you know, for kicks and giggles, this is something that I do with Bible study. I'm just going to ask, give me one thing that you learned on last week. Come on, three people, stand up and tell me what you learned on last week. Something that stood out to you from the sermon. Stand up for me. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you're giving one. That's all that matters. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we learned the difference between a season and an era. We learned that a mantle is more than just something that is above your fireplace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mama. You got to have some battle buddies. Hallelujah. That's good. You can call and talk to And if you can't think of someone to talk to talk to God that's it hallelujah very good that's it so you gotta have those battle buddies that stand with you those who when things get rough when things get tough when things become overwhelming that they're not gonna lay down in the valley with you but they're gonna pull you up to the mountaintop to ensure that you are meeting God where you are and not staying stuck in the muck in the mire amen that's a very good one. Thank you, Mama. So praise the Lord. We covered a lot of ground. So today we're going to read 1 Kings 17 because that's pretty much where we rested on last week. Amen. We're going to read the whole thing in its entirety. Amen. See, this is where y'all supposed to say amen because it's the word. Amen. We don't go by what we heard. We go by what we see in the word. Amen. Say it with me. I go by what I see in the word. Not what I've heard. Hallelujah. You got to know the word for yourself because how are you going to be able to check and discern the difference between right and wrong? How will you be able to make a proper judgment if you don't know the word for yourself? When words are coming out of people's mouths, they are making an impact one way or the other. But if it's not the word of the Lord, you got to be careful what you're allowing in your ear gate. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. So it's so important that we know what the word says. Hallelujah. So to shake off this lethargy, if you could stand to your feet, if you have capability on today, we're going to read this together. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe I'm in the New King James. Does that sound right? Hallelujah. All right. Starting at verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be no dew or rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. 
So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called her and said to her, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and her household ate for many days. Somebody should have been highlighting that right there. Somebody should have shouted right there. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Now it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick, and his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. So she said to Elijah, what have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to kill my son? And he said to her, give me your son. So he took him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his own bed. Then he cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodge by killing her son? And he stretched himself out on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of the Lord, Elijah, and the soul of the child came back to him and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, see, your son lives. Then the woman said to Elijah, now by this, I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. Amen. Come on, give the Lord some praise. I need us to focus on that last sentence. You can have your seats. Because I want to talk to leaders and leaders that are in transition, the, the leaders in training today. Notice what the woman said. The widow said, I know because of what you just did that I can trust the word out of your mouth that it is coming from the Lord. It transitioned her out of a place to believe that God is only a God who looks at your sin and comes down on you. God is nothing but a big brother who's waiting for you to mess up so that he can strike you down. God is nothing but someone who wants to see you fail and make sure that you walk like a good little girl or a good little boy or else you get punished for it. This is the lens that so many people view God in. They don't understand that God is a righteous judge. Yes, he is. But we also have to remember, he loved us so much that while we were yet in our sin, that he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross, he knew, it says, while you were yet sinners, Christ came. And he gave his life for each and every one of us. Now, here's the thing about that. 
can look over my life right now and figure out things that I have not done quite so good. Things that I thought, because sin is thought, word, or unkind deed. Things that I thought, things that might have slipped out of my mouth that was not really nice. Things that I may have done to another person. I can look over my life and see that I was not perfect. But yet, how is it that I still know that God still loves me? Y'all should have got excited right there. Because he is not a God that just wants to come and beat you down. He actually is the God of love. He is love, you guys. And we got to learn how to receive love from him. We got to stop comparing him to how our fathers treated us. Especially if your dad abandoned you. If your dad was not there when you were growing up and he wasn't there for you, even as you got a little bit older. We cannot view God from that lens. So what's happening to the body of Christ is we're able to identify an orphan spirit that is upon the people. We automatically discount ourselves because of all the things that we didn't do right, because of all the things that we messed up in, because of the missteps and the mistakes. And God is saying, I don't care about that. I don't care what you did to get here to me. All I care is that you are here. This is the God that we serve. And he loves us more than you ever know. More than all you may know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when we were together last week, the Lord started by sharing with us the importance of being consistent in our walk with him. We can no longer jump back and forth and be inconsistent in what we believe. Either God is God or he's not. The enemy is taking advantage of us because we don't truly believe that we have been mantled for more. Touch your neighbor and say, I have been mantled for more. Touch your other neighbor and say, I am mantled for more. So we learned that there has been a changing of the guard. And due to our lack of consistency and our growth and lack of preparation, there are mantles that are laying and awaiting people who have been assigned to it to tailor their flesh, pick up their mantle, pick up their cross, and move forward with the Lord. Amen? Now, in order to operate anything, the first thing that you got to do is understand what the heck is it? Yesterday, we went over to our daughter's house, and she got some new furniture. It was gently used, and you could tell that it had been gently used. So the first thing out of my mouth was, I'm calling your dad, and he's going to come and clean this before you ever sit on it. Aunt Debbie was over there, and she was like, I am not sitting on that couch unless you put something on top of it. Because it had little gently used stains on it, and I don't know where them stains came from. I don't know what they was doing, but I don't want to be picking up on nobody's stain in Jesus' name. So we went and we called and I told uh, Moody, I said, babe, uh, can you come in and clean this stuff on Saturday? And he was like, yes. Now he pulls out this vacuum that he wanted. Y'all, this is an expensive vacuum. To me, it was more expensive than the Kirby that I loved. But this one was much lighter, much easier and had a higher suction power. So he was like, Steph, this is the one that I want. This is the one that I'm going to do. It slices, it dices, it spins around in a circle. I'm like, good, because if it's for that price, it better be vacuuming floors too. So he went on, he got this vacuum, and it's a rainbow. And the amazing thing about this rainbow is not only does it uh, vacuum your floors, but you can clean your furniture with it. You can clean your carpets with it. It does all kinds of stuff. It turns into a, a, a shop vac and an air purifier. It, this thing just flips around, does all kinds of stuff, right? Got like a 17 different uses. But see, when Vince pulled that thing out to go and clean her furniture, I didn't know what to do with it. He handed me something, and I was like, what is this? Oh, so you was expecting me to do He said, no, I just need you to carry it. Can you take it up the steps? And I was like, oh, okay, I got it. So we started going up the steps, and he was able to take it, put the pieces together, and utilize it properly. Now, at one point, he kept pushing the button, but the button wouldn't go because there was one piece that was not connected properly. Do y'all hear me today? There was one little piece that was not connected properly. So what ended up happening is he figured out what it was and he made it a tight fit. And then all of a sudden it worked and he was able to clean all them stains off of her furniture so we didn't have to sit in Stainville. 
Now, the amazing thing about it is, if that's how it is, first natural, then spiritual. If that's how it is naturally, if one little piece not being fully connected can keep you from getting the full power, the full suction, the full use, how much more in the realm of the spirit when we're talking about wearing mantles, yet our flesh is puffed up so high that we can't wear it properly? Uh Uh-huh. We got to be careful. Because what happens with us is we get a little bit of word in us, but there's no faith in what we're talking about. There's no belief. There's no understanding. So here we are trying to operate in power, yet the world is not seeing what the widow saw with Elisha. They're they're not seeing it because there's a piece that's not connected properly, y'all, and it's our faith. Hallelujah. It's our faith. So we got to fix it. So we learn that a mantle was a long and loose external garment worn over our clothes. And the purpose of this garment was to cover the individual that wore it. And it would keep that person covered or protected against the elements. But a mantle is so much more than just a garment. It's what it represents. It's what it embodies. It embodies the power and the presence or the glory of our king. Amen? So understand that any person that's wearing a mantle has to know that the mantle is not just for the wearing. Just like this robe. It's not just for me to be cute in it, y'all. It actually represents something. It embodies so much more. When you look at the word mantle in the Strong's Dictionary, it's H4598, H4598, and it is the word mel'il. And it's a garment worn over a tunic by men of rank, leaders in the kingdom. When you look at the definition of it, you're going to see other words like robe, mantle, coat. Does that bring up any stories in your mind? Remember Joseph in the technicolor coat? Now, Samuel's mom made him a new robe or a new coat or a new mantle every year. She knew that there was something special about that young man. And in 1 Samuel 2.19, she would bring him one every year. Why? Because she recognized that he would outgrow what she had prepared for him the year prior, that as he continued to grow, that there would have to be a new one. The thing that we have to understand is that for me, you all know that I have a mantle. You all have seen the actions or the characteristics or even the functions of my mantle. But as a pastor, I outgrew the mantle of a pastor because I was always called as an apostle. So we had to take off the old mantle and put on the new mantle, which I am still growing into. But the other mantle kept me limited and kept me trapped in where I could not do the call on my commission, what I am commissioned to do. It would have kept me trapped in here with people and making sure that you guys are good little boys and good little girls every day of your life. Instead of being in government, instead of being in the seven mountains arenas, instead of being with other world leaders, making sure that we are impacting not only New Beginnings Discipleship Ministries, but the countries, the nations that he's assigned me to. This very church was founded on Matthew 28. He said, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. That is what I'm called to do. So when you understand that I'm mantled for more, you recognize that I'm not always going to stand in the same position. This is why you see me making sure that there are others to backfill the positions that he pulled me from within the church. Hallelujah. Are you guys starting to understand the vision and the mission? We first had to learn who we were not in order for me to be able to operate in the mantle that God has given me. So people tried to lock me in. They tried to tell me I was only an evangelist. They tried to tell me that I was just supposed to be teaching Bible studies. Women ain't supposed to be doing this stuff. But as I went and I researched the word for myself, all you got to do is go to Romans 16 and look at the genders of the people that Paul is naming, and you will see that there are women sitting right in there. Can we start in the Old Testament where Deborah was a prophetess, my God, and she led Israel. Understand Barak wouldn't even move without her voice. So recognize who you are in the realm of the spirit. They tried to tell me that... uh, if I stepped into this position that 
I would have our home out of order. Let's be clear. When this robe comes off, I become Stephanie Moody, Vincent Moody's wife. I know how to submit to my husband. And people need to keep their mouths off of women who are growing into who they're called to be. God is doing something. There is a rise that has taken place. Samuel was raised in the house with Eli. Here was Eli, spiritually blind and physically blind. And Eli's sons were wicked, y'all. But guess what? Even though you're in a house or you're connected to somebody who's not going in the ways of God does not mean that you have to replicate what they are doing. This is why it's so important that you recognize that you are mantled, number one, and number two, what you are mantled to do so that people can't talk you out of what God has called you to do. So I want to talk to the leaders, and I want to speak to leaders who are in training right now. Because this Monday, a word came out, and the Lord had spoken to me already, and what he said was that we're in a season of escalation. What does escalation mean? Ascension, upward, mm -hmm. that's one meaning, huh? Moving quickly. So remember I shared with you on last week that time is moving faster. Have you guys noticed that it feels like it was just Sunday yesterday? Have you guys noticed that we were just already in Thanksgiving? It feels like it was just, my God, how did we get here so quickly? The summers are gone. The winters go by really slow. And then the summers are gone again. Has anyone ever noticed that? But that's happening. We're in a season of escalation. But it also means, escalation also means that um, things are becoming more aggressive. And so if you haven't figured out, Everything and everybody has come out of the closet, and they're pushing us into the closet. They're elevating their voice and escalating situations and getting us out of our positions and out of our seats of authority so that they can keep control of everything. So we're in this season of escalation and elevation, but it's going to take preparation in order for us to get the reparations that belong to us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So one of the things that I... Um, love to do is I always want to check what I'm hearing against the other prophets that are out there. Because sometimes you can hear something and it might not be God. Has anybody ever had that where you just knew it was God and when you got there you're like, what in the heck? Just, that ain't what you said. So I always check myself against my apostle. I check myself against other prophets. Why? Because it's possible that the voice that you're hearing was not properly vetted. And before you know it, you're off doing something that has nothing to do with what God has called you to. So you have to learn how to vet the voices that are speaking in your mind. So as I read this, it was like, oh, my God, I'm hearing from you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm going to keep going down this road. So it came from Empower for Life, and it said, Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. That is 2 Chronicles 20, 20. He said, I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, I'm blowing away the cloud of confusion, hovering the prophetic community. My wind is bringing clarity. I am releasing a new vision and a new glory upon my body. I'm ushering in gifts, callings, and anointing. I'm raising up new voices to declare what I am saying and doing in the earth. Suddenly, they will rise up in my glory and in my power. The season for radical ones has come. That's because of that escalation that's happening. It's a season to launch new ministries, businesses, y'all, and churches. So you got to understand, we got to look beyond the church. We have to be owners. If we are going to be kings under the most high king, hallelujah, and lords under that Lord that we serve, we got to recognize you can't be a Lord without being an owner. What king doesn't have a kingdom? So we got to shift our mindset and come out of that idea of renting things. We got to get our credit straight. We got to start purchasing the right things, not just buying big houses, but know what the house is for. What is he going to use it for in the kingdom? Now, there'll be some people who will purchase houses and be able to house homeless people and different things like that. But for some of us, it may be a little different. What if he's calling you to teach a Bible study in your house? Did you ever think about that? What if, hallelujah, you never know what God is doing. He used our house to start this church. Thank you, Jesus. 
He used our house. We were sitting in the living room, and when we outgrew the living room, then we had to find somewhere else to go. But we started in a place where it didn't take much overhead so that we could get our job done. We knew what we were called to do. We knew that we were to disciple nations. And you got to start somewhere, so we started in our house. People began to come in, so we were like, well, let's go ahead and make some breakfast. Let's make it a little more inviting. We got Chef Mr. Moody over here, and he was in there tearing it up. Hallelujah. And we didn't have no choir, y'all. Still don't have a choir, but praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Debbie became praise and worship. When we started, we did not have a choir. So we was in there beating on tables. We was doing whatever it took to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So we got to get out of this mindset that everything has to be perfect and in its place before we get there the way we see it. Because there's times when God is going to call you to do something in a different way. When he told Moses to grab the snake, he told him, grab the tail of the snake. Now, who would ever do that? Because if you grab the tail of a snake, it'll turn back and it'll bite you. But when he grabbed the tail of the snake, it turned into a staff in his hand. There are times that God's going to call you to use your mantle, and it's not going to look the way that you've seen other people do it. It's not going to make sense to nobody else but you and God. But trust and believe that God has got a plan that's going to cause you to prosper in all that you do. Hallelujah. He said there's major financial release and open doors and the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder so that he shall open and none of it shall shut and he shall shut and none shall open. Isaiah 22 and 22. He said major doors will begin to open. The finances that have been held up will be released quickly. The delays concerning what is owed to you will be released. Somebody should have shouted because somebody been on you for a long time. Hallelujah. As you receive the funds, you'll laugh and smile at my goodness and generosity towards you. Get ready for a season of radical generosity. Expect the funds to flow continually for you as I finance the gospel through you. Unexpected blessings await you even around November 22nd. He gave a date. And as you sow radically, you will um, reap radically. Hallelujah. Kamika, I think I did it. Yep, I did. Hallelujah. But here's the part that really stood out to me that helped me to understand what he's doing. He said, I will cause you to sing a new song, Jalil. New songs are bursting forth in this hour that will be played in churches across the globe. New melodies are bubbling up in the hearts of psalmists and worship leaders. And even for you, Nani, you got to understand the Lord spoke over you while we were at the women's retreat and he began to talk about how you are his battle axe. You are his weapon of war. And through your mouth, through what you decree, through what you release, you are going to shift and change things in the realm of the spirit. And so it may not be to a song, but your poetry has a cadence. It has a rhythm to it. And you're able to hear from the Lord and speak it out. And it comes out in a form with power. And it comes out in, in understanding, but your words even carry healing. He may sing it, but you're still speaking it. So God is going to use this dynamic duo in ways that we don't even understand, y'all. My God is coming. I promise you it's coming. And, and so it says a new breed is arising. Those who have pure hearts and that have been tested in the fire, tested in the fire, tried by fire, tested in the fire. Some of us have been through hell, but understand, he says, I will rise up in my glory. And he says, I'm going to show them how I'll release miracles and healings as they play and sing a new song to me. He's getting ready to do something so new, so wonderful. And it's not new to him, but it's new to us. And we got to get ourselves ready. There's preparation before the promise, y'all. Now, here's where he really caught my attention. Many generals of the faith will, will retire in this season. Now, isn't that what he told me in 2013 when I was in London? Many generals in the faith will retire in this season. Some will suddenly enter into eternity where they will taste the goodness of the Lord. Who's going to replace those generals, y'all? Those who exactly say it again out loud. Hallelujah. We are. Hallelujah. Those who have hardened their hearts toward me will lose their influence over the people of God. I will sit them down, says the Lord, and they will become obsolete if they do not repent and submit to a process of restoration. Understand sin causes you to lose a lot. 
including your relationship with the Lord. He says, I'm exposing false teachings and false doctrines. The veil that has fooled many is being lifted. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. John 16 and 13. He said, my truth will go forth. It will bring freedom. It will restore and rebuild broken trust. Embrace the truth. Go back to the beginning, which is the simplicity of the gospel. We're the ones that make it hard, y'all. We're the ones that try to make it so complex that you got to stomp three times, spin around in a circle, and then you got to bow to the left at a a 30-degree angle and all of it. That's us doing all of that. But God is a God of simplicity. If he says, believe on my name and say it, that's it. Believe on his name, speak it, receive it, believe it, achieve it. Hallelujah. Now, again, I know that you guys saw when she put the scripture up and it was so on point because she, it talked about how we have to ask it in his will. We can ask all kind of stuff in his name, but it ain't going to come to pass. So I can say, Lord, turn that Durango into a Mercedes Benz in Jesus name. It didn't happen. I'm still looking. It didn't happen. They said yet. Now, I don't know if I want to pay that much for a car, if we're honest. Amen? Hallelujah. That joker better drive us and everything else and pay mortgage while it's at it. But it's his. Hallelujah. The reality is this, you guys. We have to be within the will of God, and he's going to tell us what to do with what it is that he's given us, including our mantles. Amen? Are y'all with me on today? Hallelujah. I'm teaching. I know y'all used to me running around preaching and being excited, but I need you to understand. So symbolically, the mantle shows the person wearing it is wrapped in God's authority. And that is the, um, that is the purpose of wearing the mantle. So as we all know, I have a mantle. Now here's what you guys need to know. Everything that you need to be trained up and prepared for what God has called you to do is actually in my mantle. And you can shop from it and get what you need. Now, I'm not telling you to come up and hand me $20 and say I need to be able to prophesy. That is not what I'm saying. Don't let the devil lie to you. What I'm saying to you is the Father has already endowed me with what you need to be able to be successful in what he has called you to. So there'll be things that I'll impart into you and there'll be things that I have to develop you in. Whichever way that it goes, God has given you me as a gift to be able to achieve what he's called you to. Hallelujah. Now, here's the deal. We make the mistake of thinking that a, a eight ball or a, a mantle is a magic eight ball, that you're going to shake me up and all of a sudden I'm going to spit out a prophecy. That is not how it works. And if you really read your Bible, you'll understand that when prophets came, the first thing they ask them is, are you here for peace? They backed up. They didn't want no prophet coming up on them. Why? Because when the prophet came up, they were usually coming for correction. So here we are running up to every prophet, and they're telling us about our houses and cars, and we're going to get a check in the mail for $30,000 and blah, 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 and you ain't even taking care of the $10,000 that you got a year. I said it. I did. But it's true. So God is saying, I need you to understand when the prophets are coming, not always is it going to be good news when you hear it. You got to be prepared to hear the good and you got to be prepared to hear the bad as well. And don't get all uncomfortable and leave when the prophet speaks and says, guess what? The Lord showed me in a dream that you were doing thus and such. And he's saying, you might want to stop that now. Fix it in private with him so he doesn't expose you in public. We're talking about mantles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's not a magic eight ball, y'all. You can't shake me up and then I spit out a prophecy. And, and th- this is another thing. I don't know why I'm hearing this, but you can't buy me. You cannot buy me. I need whoever is online, you cannot buy me. I don't care. You can give a $1,000 offering, a $10,000 offering, and the Lord's still going to speak the same message. You cannot buy me. When we were um, at our, another church, 
we uh, were going there. And what ended up happening is a guy came up at the end of me uh, preaching and he said, because of what you said today, I gave a thousand dollars. First of all, that's pride, because why did you need to let me know what you sold into the building? Your tithe, your offering goes to him so that there may be meat in this house. So that you telling me that you sold $1,000 means nothing to me. So he's standing there waiting for me to congratulate him. And I just stood there and looked at him like, are you special? You have to be. Because why? Thank you. Have a great day. You cannot buy me. We've got to get back to that place because here's what happens. We are hearing person after person come to us and talk to us about people in the church who will give money to the pastor or they're the largest tither and they run the entire church and God doesn't get to run it anymore. That will not happen here. You want to know why? Because I don't know what you tithe. I don't touch the money. Barb just came to me last week and was like, here, I need to give this to you. I said, I'm not in finance. And she was like, well, I'm trying to give it to you. I'm not in finance. Well, who do I give it to? You need to give that one to Terry. I did not touch it because you'll never be able to say that so-and-so tithes the biggest amount, so they run everything. So-and-so gave her this, so they're able to tell her to do this, and this is why things are this way. No, if God said it, that's what it's going to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Father. So with this garment, It was to cover the individual that wore it and would keep the person covered and protected against the element. Now, the other thing you got to understand about mantles is, yes, it covered the person. But guess what else my mantle does? It covers all of you. Now, here's the deal. My responsibility is to cover myself first. Remember when David got into the secret place with God when he showed up and he had lost everything? And he told him, he said, bring me the ephod. And he covered and wrapped himself up in that mantle. And he began to pray and ask the Lord, what is it that I should do? Shall I go after them and get my stuff back? And the Lord responded, rise up, pursue, overtake, for surely you shall recover all. God is looking for us to first mantle ourselves before we try to cover anything else. Make sure that you are covered in your own before you step out and try to cover somebody else. If you're still getting hit left and right, something's wrong with your mantle. There's a tear, there's a rip, there's a chink in your armor. We got to shift ourselves and align ourselves correctly. So we got to fix some stuff in our houses. We're building a house for the Lord. And remember, we are the temple of God. So it starts with us first. Isn't it funny how when people are in the pew, they'll come up to the pastor and tell them how wrong they are, but yet they cussing and and talking crazy and smoking and having sex out of wedlock and everything, but they want to tell somebody else about themselves, but ain't check. What? All them fingers was pointing right back. You missed that? Oh, you might want to do a little self-examination because you best believe as long as the pastor is still connected to the Lord, the Lord is checking them every day. Every day. Before I hit my knees, I repent and I get myself back in full and complete alignment. Even before I go to bed, Father, I repent for anything I might have did. Because sometimes you do stuff and you really don't know that you did it. So we got, if we're going to tailor ourselves to fit those mantles properly, we got to get rid of that um, issues, the issues within us and learn how to repent. It's also to cover those who follow us as I follow Jesus. I am not going to drag you to your destiny, y'all. I need you to stand up and walk with me. As I follow the Lord, you have to follow the Lord with me. So I'm not going to drag you. If you decide to dig your feet in the grass, I'm going to leave you back there. And guess what happens as we move? Eventually that covering comes off. If you are being covered by my mantle, And I'm moving, but you're staying. You lose your covering. As you lose your covering, you are exposed to the enemy. And when hell hits your house, you come back and you say, well, you're supposed to be covering me. But we're over here and you're over there. Never thought about that, did you? It's not going to drag you nowhere. 
It's not going to make you and force you to do anything. Why? Because God gives us free will. So we got to make sure that as the Lord moves us, and notice, movement happens. Have you noticed that every year there's a different theme that we're focused on? That's movement. Each year we go a little higher with different things that he's teaching us. And you got to move with us. It's simple application. As you learn it, apply it. Learn it, apply it. That's why I ask you guys in Bible study, give me one thing you learned today. Why? Because if you can recite it, it tells me that you're catching on, and then you've got more chance that, or you're more apt to apply what you've learned. Amen? So the shift has already taken place, and what we're learning is how to successfully navigate the terrain that we're going to encounter as we move with the Lord. And it's through the use of these mantles that we've been given that we conquer on behalf of the kingdom of God. MBDM is a kingdom purpose training center. My job is to prepare you to successfully complete your job and fulfill your role, your duty in the kingdom. So we looked at some of Elijah's character flaws and how triggers and the coding of our souls play a role in our being triumphant in our walk with the Lord as those who are set in the planet to advance the kingdom. That's why we are here. We are set in the planet to advance the kingdom. Remember, triggers are external events or circumstances that may produce very uncomfortable emotional or psychiatric symptoms such as anxiety, panic, discouragement, despair, or even negative self-talk. Now, when we experience these situations of discomfort or pain, we code our souls with if-then statements in order to try and keep control of what is going on around us and in our lives so that we never have to experience that pain again. So today I want to pick up where we left off with our case study on Elijah, and then we're going to transition to understand the characteristics of the mantle on next year. So in 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 1 through 5, we see Elijah, he took a stand for the king, and he took a stand for the Lord's kingdom. And he tells the king, the person who was put in charge of the kingdom, he's also the person that was responsible for leading the people in it that there will no longer be rain until he says that it's going to rain again, and God withheld it. Now, this is part of the problem that we face today is if we're going to walk in our mantleship, if we're truly mantled for more, we got to get rid of our tolerance for foolishness as leaders in the kingdom. Amen? First Kings 16, 30 through 33 says that he took a, a, his wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbel, king of the Sidonians, and he went and served Baal and worshipped them. Then he set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal, which he had built. He done built an altar to Baal, another god, and he's leading Israel. And Ahab made a wooden image. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. So this mixing of the holy and the profane has got to end. Y'all, we having yoga in the church, not understanding we're opening ourselves up to the kundalini spirit. We're doing worshipful poses that go to another God. We turning around reading horoscopes and talking about we Scorpios and Libras and all kind of other stuff. When none of that has anything to do with what God is doing. We even, if you look at the essential oils, they over here trying to tell you if you put on a certain essential oil, it's going to drive out anxiety and fear. Let me help you. My Bible says that if I open my, my mouth in the name of Jesus and command the devil to flee, to get out, he got to go in Jesus' name. It ain't said nothing about going to go buy no essential oil. The power of God works in me. Hallelujah. So we got to be careful. Mark 16 and 17 says, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. So that lack of leadership in the kingdom has to cease in the name of Jesus, y'all. The Lord rejected Saul as king in 1 Samuel 15 and 11 because Saul chose to stop following the Lord out of fear of the people. Too often, people are afraid that people are going to leave. So they won't tell them what God said. They won't do what God said because they worried about people. People of God, the Lord is not interested in us in winning a popularity contest in his name. He is interested in us remaining faithful to the building and the advancement of his kingdom and his people. If we don't lead the way, how will the people or the generations to come know where to go or what to do? One of the definitions of lead is to be a route or a means of access to a particular place or in a particular direction. 
It's not just about being in charge, y'all, but actually being able to know the way and to show people the way in Jesus' name. Father, forgive us for not filling the positions and failing the people as we have been. Now, King Ahab was supposed to lead the people in the ways of the Lord and to take territory in the name of the Lord as the Father gave him direction. Instead, in 1 Kings 16 and 30, it says he did more evil in the sight of the Lord than anyone who was before him. If you're in leadership, understand that God sees everything. He ain't missing nothing, y'all. And we so funny. We trying to hide everything from me. But God is watching all of it. Psalm 33 and 13 says that the Lord looks from heaven and he sees all the sons of men. God is omnipotent. He's all powerful. Matthew 28 and 18 says, and Jesus came and spake unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He's omnipresent. Psalm 31, 39, 7 through 8 says, where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. He's omniscient. He's all knowing. Psalm 94 and 11 says, the Lord knows the thoughts of man. That they're but a mere breath. But here's the thing about God. He doesn't judge us immediately, leaders and leaders in training. He hopes that we're going to turn it around. We have a choice. We can fix it in private with him or we can be exposed in public. Everything hidden in the dark will always come to the light. But here's the thing that's amazing about our God. Even in his judgment, he'll relent if we truly repent. It says that King Ahab got so far that he, the Lord sent a plague against his house, and he repented, and the Lord went on and let up on that curse. Why are these things so important? Remember, Elijah talked about stopping the rain to King Ahab. He told him that it's not going to rain unless he says that it's going to rain. Rain represents provision and increase. Genesis 2 and 5 says, Before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown, for the Lord had not caused it to rain in the earth and there was no man to till the ground. It also represents judgment. Deuteronomy 11, 16 and 17 says, Take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them, lest the Lord's anger be aroused against you, and he shut up the heavens so that there be no rain, and the land yield no produce, and you perish quickly from the good land which the Lord God is giving you. Elijah releasing that prophetic word over the king lets us know that the king had gotten so far away that God pulled up his provision in his life and released judgment. If you're beginning to see that your money's funny, you feel like you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, you used to have it a whole lot and now it's not there, you might want to check your alignment because the Lord is telling you, until I reign within you, that rain is not coming back. He needs us to shift leaders. Again, we're a kingdom purpose training center. And we've got to allow him the opportunity to reign and to lead in our lives. We can no longer be in control of everything and doing nothing but walking ourselves on a quick path to hell. Amen? I'm going to stop right there because that's the next um, point is actually going to lead us into the characteristics. But I want you to ask yourself this question. What are you putting in place right now? Come on and stand to your feet. What are you putting in place right now? to stop the devil from using the same tricks that he's used over and over and over again. He's been successful for many years of your life, causing you to be tripped up, messed up, busted, disgusted, embarrassed by the things that are getting exposed to the world. And he's trying to put you in a place where you feel like there's no hope. 
He wants you to believe that God will never forgive you for the mistakes that you've made. He wants you to believe that there's no restoration, that there's no coming back from this one. But the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. And the truth is not in him. We have been placed in the earth as the dominant ones. Say it with me. Greater is he who lives in me than he that is in this world. Come on, you're born on purpose, for a purpose, and with purpose. And he's in you. And you are the dominating force in the earth. And you have power and authority. He's authorized you to use the power to shut this mess down that the enemy is doing against you. Sometimes God allows that stuff so that it can expose where there's an opening or a gap in our connection with him so the power is not flowing like it should. What are you doing to stop him from stealing your provision again? To stop you from being fully connected with the Lord so that the power of God that belongs to you, it's your right to have it as a son of God. Don't, don't worry. Don't think that I think I'm a man. That is the word. We are sons of God if we are led by the Spirit. Come on, I got a Bible thumping church, amen? Trust me, I am all woman, and I love my heels, amen? So, and my nails, and my hair, moving back to where we were. But the reality, yes, that's right. And, and the reality is this. We have to make the choice to stop him. One year, I can remember an old pastor friend of ours had a problem with mice. And when he called the people out to come and find out how to get them stopped, they put all these traps around and it was catching them, but it felt like the mice still weren't going away. And the guy found that there was a hole that was in their um, structure that the mice were able to get into. And he said, until you plug up that hole, you're never going to be able, you got to repair the foundation or you got to plug up that hole. Until you repair your foundation, nothing's going to change. And we are founded in Jesus Christ. So we have to repair our foundation, realign ourselves with him. Everything that we think, everything that we do has to be stabilized in him. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to know him. Please, don't miss this opportunity. Give your life to him. It does not mean that everything's going to go perfect. But what it does is every time that something goes on in my life, it gives me an opportunity to let my light shine and let people see how big my God really is. Melvion's supposed to come home today, you guys. Come on and praise the Lord. My grandson was intubated for over a week. They had to give him methadone to wean him off of the medications that they were using to sedate him. And we declare and decree there will be no addiction in his life in Jesus' name. We break the curse in Jesus' name from any of those medications that were given to him. And we backed off that spirit of death in Jesus' name. Because things weren't looking good, but God, can we go on and give him some praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So to God be the glory. That was the Lord's will. There are times where it is not the Lord's will for the person to stay because God knows how much we can bear, how much we can take. And he knows if we're going to make it through it or if we're going to find ourselves in a position where we may end up away from God and they'll be taken off the planet to spare their life from having to spend it in hell. So there are times that they've accomplished what they were sent on the earth to do. And that is the time, no matter how much we pray. Elijah wasn't going to stay any longer. God took him because he accomplished. He, God gave him an exact word and he went and he put it in force. And then boom, he was taken off the planet. He trained up Elijah and then he was taken off the planet. So understand that God has his reasons. And sometimes we got to be smart enough to ask the Lord, give me a peek into the book. Show me what I'm dealing with. 
And don't be afraid to ask him. Ask him. He says he gives wisdom to all who ask liberally, without reproach. So there are times that things are happening around me I need to know. Now, see, in 2021, I wasn't wise enough to ask him, is faith going to make it? But even in our granddaughter passing away, it still ended up bringing us up higher in Jesus Christ. It built a trust and a faith in him that cannot be shaken. So in this, when we face this same situation with Melvion and the enemy wanted to try to shake my faith, I was able to depend on those and say, hey, y'all, I'm going to need a little help right now. And they got to praying and we got to praying and shook that thing off and we moved forward. And we made sure that we stayed on the assignment until the job was done. Until we heard mission complete. When he makes it home, the job is done. Hallelujah. This is the God that we serve. Go ahead. Y'all can clap for that. This is the God that we serve. And so that is the God that I am offering to anyone who does not know him. Because he is a loving God. He's a giving God. He's a trustworthy God. He never fails. Amen. And if you need prayer for any reason, we open the altar for you on today. Hallelujah. So I'm going to give the benediction before you leave here, hug somebody that you did not come with and and maybe somebody that you didn't know. Now, holy hug. Holy hugs. Amen. Hallelujah. Holy hugs. Hallelujah. So hug somebody that you don't know. Greet somebody you don't know or didn't come here with. And we are going to get up out of here. But if you need prayer, come on up to the front and we will pray for you. Most gracious and heavenly father, we thank you. Lord God, we bless you. Father, we praise you. There truly is none like you. Lord, I thank you for what you are teaching us about leadership and wearing mantles. Father, for how you're helping us to tailor our flesh and that those mentors that we have, that you assign us, Lord God, will help us to tailor our flesh so that the fitting can be proper and the power can flow in Jesus' name. I thank you for the revelations. I thank you for what you're doing in this house. I thank you for the growth and the development of the people and for those who have come that maybe haven't been here before, Lord God. I pray that something was said that sets them on a course that can never be changed by anyone other than you in Jesus' name. So we thank you, Lord, for your word is a lamp unto our feet, illuminating where we are, and a light unto our path, showing us where it is that you are taking us. We love you, Father, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to thank you on today for joining us as we go into the word of God to continue to understand our God-given purpose. If you are wanting more information about New Begins Discipleship Ministries, please look in our description box for ways to connect with us, whether through our social media outlet or if you're desiring to visit us, whether virtually or in person. We thank you once again. We pray that you have an awesome day and amazing week.